broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, on this Wednesday on a day that, at least locally, started out looking really ugly. Had a lot of lightning and thunderstorms to start the day off. Roads were real wet. A little bit of flooding going on across the Las Vegas area. And all of a sudden, now you look outside and it's beautiful. So there you go. The the difference in a few hours. Matter of fact, I knew that the Raiders were going to be practicing indoors today because of all the rain and all the storms that we were having early this morning. And then as soon as I get to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, we talk to head coach Josh McDaniels, and then they take us out for practice. They take us out to practice. So uh, everything was dried up. Everything was looking good. And the Raiders are back on the practice field this afternoon. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams will talk at the podium a little bit later on this afternoon. Uh, also, there'll be some locker room action. So hopefully Vinny Bonsignor is able to send some of that over as well. But we've got a lot to get to on today's show as we begin to turn the page from what has been the 0-3 start for the Silver and Black, the loss to the Tennessee Titans, to now focus in on the Denver Broncos coming to town at Legion Stadium on Sunday. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Uh, thought about making a beeline, trying to make it to the radio station real quick, but then realized, you know what, with the way that the weather's changed a couple times today, maybe it'll change again, maybe it'll get a little froggy, and then all of a sudden I'll be angry. So, uh, yeah, just decided to... Bring it on back to the house and make it happen. So we're here with you for the next three hours. Of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Uh, the Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. Also, our Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Wasn't really working the way it was supposed to be working earlier today. But uh, according to Damon, who this is something that is no secret, but um, we were able to kind of get some backdoor channel way of uh, being able to get into our, our text line. So we are back up and running temporarily. It'll get us through the show, and it should be fixed to be running 100% functionable uh, tomorrow. At least that's what I'm being told. But, uh, Damon, hop on real quick, man. I was trying to – this is the funniest thing ever. I was trying to explain to Damon what he had to do to log on to the text line so he could check out our, our, our text as well. And Damon's got this look on his face. like He's looking at me – Almost like I'm the dumbest dude in the world. And then finally, after I shut up for a couple seconds, he says, what did you say to Mun about the, the process that it's taken for us to get on our text line today? It's one of those things where it's like you didn't know about this. <laughs> I've known about this since, I mean, I've, we use Google Chrome. You know, that's our, yeah. that's our um, web browser here. And, uh, yeah, everybody know, has known about incognito mode, at least for me, since I was like 12 years old. And if you want to connect the dots on why I needed to be incognito <laughs> or using Google at 12 years Family old. Show. <laughs> Family show, Damon. Family show. <laughs> so the, the point of the whole conversation is that the lady on the, on the phone lines, when I was telling her that our text line wasn't working, said, oh, no problem. We'll just have you use this you know, backdoor channel to get in. I said, okay, cool. No problem. So she walked me through it, and apparently we had to go through incognito mode. I didn't know that you can go through some other kind of mode to get onto our website, so I was trying to explain to Devon like I was, I don't know, breaking some brand new news to him. And finally, after I shut up, he said, 
Dude, I've been knowing about incognito for a long time. So basically what you're telling me is just go incognito and use the same password and everything to get in. I said, yeah. He's like, yeah, I got this. No problem. So there you go. Uh, sometimes when you're 45, you, you don't know what you thought you knew, right? And uh, <laughs> I'll own that. And DeMond, the young, the young buck of the station, uh, he's been knowing about the incognito and the way to get in that backdoor channel since he's about 12 years old. And, again, you can uh, come to your own conclusions on why that is. But uh, here we are. It gives us every kind of channel and every opportunity for us to get with you and, uh, and so you can get your, your comments and your feedback on the show today. So uh, I'm glad that we all are on the same page as we uh, trek forward on today's show. Speaking of today's show, got a lot of good guests coming up. At 2.30, we'll be talking to Arnie Stapleton from the AP. He's a pro football writer. He's been covering the Denver Broncos for a very long time. Uh, we'll talk to him coming up at 2.30, all things Denver Broncos and, you know, get his thoughts. And, and again, we're going to do this the next couple of days. We're going to get the, the Broncos side of things, the Broncos side of things, and the Broncos side of things for the next three days as we head into the weekend and prepare for the game. So, you know, all things Denver Broncos from Arnie coming up at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll join us as she does each and every Wednesday at 3 o'clock. She'll join us to talk about a variety of different subjects, including UNLV sitting there at, uh, what, 3-1 and one now, looking pretty good, halfway to bowl eligibility after a big win, uh, a conference win, as a matter of fact, over Utah State last week, and they have a game against New Mexico State coming up on Friday. So uh, that's something we'll talk to her about. She was also at Darren Waller's Foundation event uh, just the other day. She'll talk about that and how it raised over $600,000 and, you know, just the importance of what Darren Waller is doing, not only on the field, obviously, but what he's doing with his foundation off the field. So we'll talk to her about that. And then she had an opportunity to talk to uh, a, a panel, or she was part of a panel of people at UNLV the other day, a, a panel of uh, young ladies in sports. Her, Cassie Soto, T Tina Nguyen, uh, she was part of it as well. All those are, are folks that we're really good friends with here locally. And uh, so she was part of that, and we'll talk to her about that event and on how it went at UNLV and how it was for her to be part of the you know, the panel that was able to talk to some up-and-coming uh, young ladies as far as broadcasters go. So that's at 3 o'clock. Paloma Villacana will join the show at 3.30. Very excited about this interview. And I've been promoting it all day long, so you know I'm pretty excited about it. Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network, he'll join the show. And he actually used to work with John McClain at the Houston Chronicle. They both used to work at the Chronicle together. Aaron's been covering the NFL for a very long time. And he put out an article today about a closed-door meeting, players-only meeting that the Raiders had following the loss of the Tennessee Titans. And he had a lot of good details in there. And uh, a lot of people have ran with that article. They've read that article and say, oh, this is BS. Oh, I don't believe it. Oh, this team, this, that, and the other. But the one thing I can tell you about Aaron Wilson uh, from just knowing him is that he's not just finding something and trying to throw it up against the wall and hope it sticks. If he's writing about something, he's writing it from a, a place of knowledge, what he's being told, what you know, people inside the building, the indications that they're giving him. So uh, that's why I'm so fascinated by this piece. And uh, we actually texted back and forth this morning, probably about 8 o'clock this morning, multiple times just talking about this piece. And you know, he asked me straight up, like, hey, what's Raider Nation's reaction to it? And I said, well, it's kind of mixed right now, to be honest. Some people are like, oh, here we go again. Some people are like, nah, it's complete BS. And some people are like, wow, that's pretty eye-opening, especially after three weeks. And I'll say this. Mon, I, I sent you the article early this morning. Uh, when you saw that the Raiders had a players-only meeting after three weeks in the regular season, knowing this is an 18-week season, 17-game season, did that throw any you know red flags up for you? Did that surprise you at all? What was your reaction to that? Not any red flags because, to me, shouldn't every player's meeting be closed door? Not – but, I mean, for us as the public, right. why would we know about any players' meeting? Right. That, no, that's, that's, that's like true. my initial, that it's yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Is it 
Because I want it to be, if you're a team, if you're a fan of this team, don't you want it to be, hey, the team's 0-3, and they're like, hey, guys, everybody gather around, no coaches amongst ourselves. What the hell's going on out here? Right, and the only thing that I don't want to say alarms me or concerns me about that is those only work once, right? I mean, you can only do that once in a season. You can only have that players-only meeting where you get your mind right and get everything straight. Like, you can't go – three weeks from now and be like, all right, players only meeting again because then it, it loses its effectiveness. It's almost like when the coach goes into the locker room and loses his blank and starts turning over tables, that works once. But after a couple times, then it's like, all right, that's a routine. That's cute. You know what I mean? Like, it just gets old, right? I mean, there's certain things that you can only go to that bag once in a while. So for me, when I see it after three weeks, it kind of sets – I don't want to say a, a red flag. That's not the right way of, of wording it. But it does kind of say, hey, man – you know, it's 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 not rainbows and puppy dogs, as we know with the 0-3 start. But, you know, it's just like, hey, are these guys – to me it makes me wonder, are these guys all together? Are they on the same page? Are they really, you know, believing in the direction that this team is going to go? So we'll talk to Aaron. I'm Like I said, very pumped up about having an opportunity to talk to him. Uh, he'll join us at 3.30. We'll also hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. Again, he met with us around 11.30 this morning. A few sound bites that I want to take away from that, including – uh, Vinny Bonsignore, you got to shout out to Vinny. He asked uh, head coach Josh McDaniels about the Dan Orlovsky breakdown video yesterday that took over Twitter, really broke Twitter. <laughs> I always joke about, you know, Raider, Raiders Twitter is, is crazy at times, but this video was sent to me, was sent to DeMond, was sent to Raider Nation Radio 920 so many times yesterday. And, hey, talk about this, play this on the air. And I mentioned it on, on the show yesterday. It's not good for radio because it's a lot of visual, but – you know, obviously what he was saying was, and he really alluded to, and I heard the morning tailgate talking about it this morning between Vinny and Clay, and they were talking about the fact that he really made it sound like Derek Carr is purposely not throwing the ball at Devontae Adams, which if you say it just like that, that's completely insane, right? I mean, what, what would make Derek Carr not want to throw the ball to Devontae Adams? And I know Vinny reached out to Dan, and I believe he's going to be on the morning tailgate on Friday, so that should be a good listen. That's good for radio. That's a good listen. But – Vinny asked head coach Josh McDaniels about it today at the media session. So uh, we have that sound, and it's a pretty lengthy answer that Josh McDaniels gave. And I was really surprised. I was thinking, I don't, I mean, not that he, I was surprised he asked it. I was surprised that head coach Josh McDaniels even gave an answer to it. I figured he was going to say something like, oh, that's, I don't follow what Dan Orlovsky or ESPN is talking about. I got a football team to run. That was the answer I was expecting. Instead, it was about a three minute response. To what Vinny asked, again, talking about Dan Orlovsky saying that Derek Carr basically isn't throwing the ball on purpose to Devontae Adams. I obviously don't know. I didn't see that. I don't know what he's referring to. Um, <clears throat> look, there's one ball. There's five skilled players. Um, you know, usually uh, four or five of them are in the read somehow, some way, uh, unless they're just full-time in protection. Um, Devontae would always be involved in the, the read part of that. Um, sometimes he's the first one, sometimes he's the second. He's very rarely the third, fourth, or fifth, but sometimes it is what it is based on the coverage. Um, and so, again, we've seen a lot of different things in three weeks, um, m much of which may not have showed up in the scouting report based on the way a team played someone else. So I'd say one of the things that's um, a new experience for everyone is – when you, when you create a report, a scouting report for an opponent, you can only look at what they've done against someone else. Now, you can guess what they're going to do against you. 
but that's, you know, you're shooting in the dark there. Um, so one of the things that's really been interesting, and I've experienced this a couple other times in my life, is that, you know, the scouting report almost takes a, you know, a right or a left turn at the beginning of the game because a team decides to do something dramatically different than maybe what they did against two or three opponents prior to your game. And so I think that, you know, getting used to that, being able to adjust to it um, and still be productive. And again, a good example would be Holland's, you know, has more opportunities because of certain things that maybe someone did to try to effectively take someone else away. Um, you know, Darren was doubled a number of times the other day. Devante was as well. Hunter's been doubled this year uh, multiple times. Um, so you, you, you can't necessarily predict it, uh, which is why what we try to always preach is the most important thing we can do is read the defense because if you're going to just assume that one guy is going to be open or, you know, I have to throw it here, um, again, the defense always has a vote in that and they get to determine how they're going to try to cover you. So I don't think um, anyone's trying to do anything um, you know, other than move the football and score points, uh, sometimes, you know, a double may occur and it may look to somebody else like, well, he was still open. There might be two or three guys that were more open. And so that's part of the process. So um, we've talked openly to Derek and Devontae about this, you know, and like I said, I've gone through this with a few other players, you know, before where you just have to get used to how you're getting played um, because it's it's not the same as what you see on the scouting report or what you see on the tape as you get ready for the game. So um, I have no issue with either one of those two guys. They're trying their very best to do the right things always, um, and they'll continue to do that as we go forward. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels again responding to Vinny Bonsignor's question about the Dan Orlovsky videos floating around Twitter right now that caught fire yesterday. And again, very lengthy answer when I didn't expect to hear a really lengthy answer. You know, it kind of lets you know a little bit of what's going on and, and you know, maybe the fact that uh, Derek Carr is going to have to understand that Devontae is going to be doubled and triple teamed at times and there's still some times that you could probably give him a shot at catching the ball anyway. You know, instead of saying, well, he's not 100% open, he's not super wide open, so I'm not going to throw it to him. Let me check it down to Josh Jacobs or let me go to Matt Collins. You know, that's just that's just a feeling out period. So that's going to be something, at least from what I heard and what I understood from that clip right there, it's kind of the feeling I was getting. But you'll hear more from Josh McDaniels later on in the show. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, they're both going to talk uh, to the media as well, again at the podium. And then Vinny Bonsignor plans on sending over some uh, locker room audio as well. So we've got a lot to get to on today's show. I actually have some more audio from our good friend Jason Fitz from uh, ESPN, a proud member of Raider Nation. Got some of that I want you to hear. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I always say that I have a plan coming into the show each and every day, and I do. And normally the plan, I have it in my mind pretty early, and I did. And I had one direction that I was going to go with today's show, and then as I'm driving from the facility to the house, I'm listening to ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and I'm hearing our good friend Jason Fitz, who's filling in for Canty and Carlin. It was him and uh, Harry Douglas on the show. And so I'm listening to him, and it caught my attention. And so sometimes I feel like things happen on purpose for a reason. I'm just weird like that, and that's okay. But I'm hearing Jason Fitz talk about quarterbacks, and he's really referencing the Philadelphia Eagles, but it caught my attention because of the lack of success 
success the Raiders have had so far this year. And my expectations for this team going in were very high. My expectations was this was a playoff team. Maybe my expectations were too high. I'll be the first to say that. Maybe my expectations were way too high based off what they did last year, knowing this is not the same team as last year. Again, that's a conversation we'll have with Aaron Wilson coming up at uh, 3.30 today. I'm very excited about that, that conversation. But started talking about quarterbacks, started talking about the success that the Eagles are having and why, and really starts getting into the point of, They've built a team around Derek, or not Derek Carr, around Jalen Hurts, and also, you know, they, they have everything in place, and he's he's not relied upon to be, you know, the end-all, be-all. He doesn't have to be a Hall of Famer. He just has to go out there and do what he does, and, and the success is coming. So I want you to hear this, and I'm in no way, shape, or form making any kind of excuse for Derek Carr. As a matter of fact, what I'm trying to do, because we talk about Derek Carr and he gets brought up so much, I'm actually trying to dig a little bit deeper. We've had people call in. We've had people text in and talk about, you know, this team has a lot of good parts to it, but it's not really where it needs to be because of, well, everything that we've talked about. What? Offensive line, defensive line, secondary. There's questions on the team. So I want you to hear what Jason Fitz has to say. And, again, he's talking about the Eagles, but then we'll talk about it immediately after and try to reference it and bring it all back to the Raiders. So here's Jason Fitz on ESPN just about an hour ago talking about what he really stands out to him from what the Philadelphia Eagles have done. There are two things that I live, eat, and breathe. And one is the concept that if you have a young quarterback, you have an obligation Mm -hmm. as a franchise to do everything you can to surround that young quarterback with weapons. So not because you're trying to win on a rookie deal, not just for that reason, but also because you want to see how great he can be. And I think the Eagles did that. But the other thing I think the Eagles did that is really smart in their roster construction is they realized that you don't win in the NFL on your quarterback Alone, Like yesterday, I, I asked Dan Orlovsky in the halls as he was walking by. I said, why have so many of us been so wrong about games that we're picking? And Orlovsky, without hesitation, said, eh, we focus too much on quarterbacks. They're complete teams. And I think when you look at the Eagles, it's a good example of, hey, let's get it right at the wide receiver position. Let's get it right. Let's draft well to get big boys on the defensive line. Let's bring in great players everywhere and then ask less of our quarterback so he can be more of a player. Like the blueprint for the Eagles is been really solid let's surround him with talent and see what he can do but they didn't just rely on one guy to win him football games jason fitz right there from espn talking about what the eagles in his opinion did so i say okay the raiders got it done at the wide receiver position right they brought in a superstar one of the best wide receivers if not the best wide receiver in the league in Devontae adams they have one of the best tight ends in the league in darren waller have a, one of the really good slot receivers in hunter renfro when healthy out there obviously right I believe, have a strong run game. You see what they've done with the running back room. They've done that. So I ask this question, again, not an excuse for Derek Carr at all because I don't think there should be any excuses, right? Let me, let me put that out there first before we start getting the calls about, oh, you're trying to make an excuse. No, I'm not. I don't think there should be any excuse. I don't think there should be any conversation at the end of the year, yeah, buts. I don't think that that should be, uh, I don't think that should be valid, right? I know that the team won 10 games last year. I said that myself plenty of times. I do realize this team is totally different, totally different regime and everything. But with that being said, I think they still have enough talent to to will themselves to 10, 11 victories. Obviously, they're starting out 0-3. But with what Jason Fitz just said, and obviously, again, talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, is there a chance that the Raiders will be as successful as they could be this year and then they go into the offseason and say, yeah, well, we had a lot of holes that we needed to address, and so now we're going to go do that. And we've had, Demond, we've had people call in and say, you know what, I think this team is going to do the best they can this year and then go address 
whatever holes are remaining. And what holes are we looking at? Offensive line is a massive hole. Right? I mean, to have as many rotating parts at that offensive line is just it's, – it's, it's asinine. It doesn't make any sense. But that's what they're doing right now. The defensive line, the interior push. How much have we talked about they've got to get some kind of interior push? They've got guys on the outside. At least they've got one guy on the outside currently in Max Crosby. Their other guy on the outside hasn't showed up yet. And so I know a lot of folks want to see Malcolm Koontz out there. A lot of fo- folks would like to see Tayshawn Bauer out there and get some burn if Chandler Jones isn't going to get it done. You know, the corners, I, how many times did we scream all offseason, go get a veteran corner, go get a veteran corner. You know, now that Nate Hobbs most likely will probably be out this week as he's dealing with a concussion. Now you got Rocky Sin, who's a little banged up, but practicing today, so that's a positive. You got Sam Webb. You got Amik Robertson. I mean, none of those guys, no disrespect to any of them, are going to strike fear in any wide receivers that are coming to town in Denver when you're looking at Jerry Judy, you're looking at Cortland uh, Sutton. You know, you're looking at other guys with, with, with talent. They can go get it done. So do you think, DeMond, well, let me ask you and then we'll open it up. Do you think that there's a chance that the Raiders are going to just do whatever they can this year, install everything they want to do, put this team in their image, and when I say their, I mean the new regime, put it in their image, do the best they can, and then every hole that they have left, try to fill it in the offseason? Yes, and this goes back to you mentioned our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, something that the host of the of the press box, the morning show over there, Tyler yeah. Bischoff, always Tyler says said is it. that, hey, this year is going to be the, hey, let's just go out there and do the best that we can. But the 2023 season is going to be the season of, hey, they're going to go out there and get some guys in the offseason. They're going to fill up those holes on the offensive line, and that's going to be the year to push for a Super Bowl. Not that this year's team is a bad team, but they there are a lot of holes on this team, offensively and defensively. And on the defensive side, I don't know if you remember this during the offseason. It was more during the preseason. We had Deontay Leon. And yeah. I was like, hey, man, do you think that they're going to do like this Patrick Graham style defense. And he's like, I think that since the holdover players that they have starting that secondary, that they're still going to be doing some of those Gus Bradley schemes where it comes to like the zone defense. Yeah. He said that. He was so like, it's not going to be as, seen? Yeah. It's not going to be as much cover three because nobody loves cover three as much as Gus Bradley. But don't expect to see just, hey, press man, just because that's what Patrick Graham did. In New York, he's gonna have to. It's gonna take some time, like maybe a season, for him to get those specific type of players. That hey, you can do exactly what I want you to do. Want you to do because you don't want to set players up to fail by putting them in a system or a scheme that they're not good at or comfortable at. Right, and I'll, I'll tell you this again. As I mentioned at the top, I don't think that that's a, a good approach, but it might be the approach, and that's why I asked the question. I want to know from Raider Nation if they think that that could possibly be the approach. Not that I'm advocating for that. Let me say it as loud as possible. Let me scream it from the mountaintop so everyone hears it so the first call we get doesn't scream and like, there you go, Q, make an excuse for the team. I, I want to make sure we throw that out there. I even hesitated to talk about it because I knew that it, it could possibly go over like that, but that's why I've tried to explain it as much as possible with as great detail as possible. Is there a chance that that is the conversation that we're having on this very radio station, on podcast, at the sports bar? Are we having this conversation at the end of the season about, okay, now they're going to go fill holes? And I use this example, and then we'll go to the phone line at 702-365-9200. Cincinnati last season went to the Super Bowl. I personally, one, I was waiting for the shoe to drop all season. I think they caught lightning in a bottle. I really do. I mean, they got – how many times did Joe Burrow get sacked? 51 that offensive line was atrocious, and somehow they still found ways to win games and get to the Super Bowl. They lost, but they got there. And then what did they do this offseason? They went and 
tried to address the offensive line as much as possible. They went out and got some other players on defense as much as possible. They went out and said, okay, the areas that we struggled in a season ago, even though we made it to the Super Bowl, we're going to fill it right now. So I use that as an example as we go to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, John, in the 530. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love you guys' show, by the way. You guys are the best duo on uh, Raider Nation Radio, the show I uh, pay attention to every day. Appreciate you. No problem. Hey, uh, the only thing I have to bring up is, is, is it purely on coaching? Is it a culture thing? Because uh, one thing I've known about the Raiders and something that was talked about a lot after last year's season with all the turmoil, losing Gruden and Ruggs and overcoming, dropping you know five or six and making the playoffs and winning out, is that this team was a leader-driven, player-ridden, uh, player-ridden, uh, player-led locker room, I should say. Right. And uh, it just seems with people commenting, Adams and Carr, about consistency with practice, showing up, giving the same effort, that the culture might be a problem right now. Um, what are your thoughts? Is this something we can overcome, or is this a culture problem? You know, uh, a player-led meeting with no coaches three weeks in is a bit scary. Hey, thank you for the call, John. I appreciate you. And, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking when I saw the fact that they had a players-only meeting, you know, and I don't think it's a culture. I really don't. And, again, we'll talk to Aaron Wilson at 3.30 because that was in, in his piece that he wrote. Uh, I don't think it's a culture thing. I just think it's uh, they haven't seen the results yet pay off, and so they're starting to question it. And that's what I was concerned. That's been my biggest concern the whole time. If they don't see a W pretty soon, I mean, look, man, if you're doing whatever you can and whatever you can and whatever you can and somehow you keep coming up short, you start to question what's going on. You start to question the po- folks that are putting you in the position, right? So that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Let's hustle back out to the phone lines, talk to ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Now, this topic is right up my alley, Q. Okay. Uh, and... I think exactly that's what they're doing. And you want to know what gave it away? When they never addressed the offensive line. I kept thinking about that. I mean, it, it was clear by the entire world that the Ravens could fix it, but they refused to fix it. And why? And so the only solution I could come up with was at the beginning of the season, I said, they must go address this in the offseason. Why would you not? And you know that if Carr gets pressure, he's not the same quarterback. No quarterback is, but especially Carr. Okay, why would you not address the offensive line? You can't scream it up from the mountaintops, and they wouldn't do it. So there's no rhyme or reason why, other than if we if we're gonna give these guys credit, other than that that, that that that's been that's their plan all along. And I believe the Super Bowl is in Vegas next year, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, so so I, that's what they're planning for. Hey, uh, we're trying to make sure we get to the Super Bowl by Vegas. We're gonna do the best we can and give these offensive linemen a t- not only a chance, but let the rookies who they really want develop. Stick them right there in that offensive line and let and, and, and grow in pain. Okay, and let them get better that they, and add around them. That, that's what I think they're going to do. They're going to say, okay, here we go. And as far as Devontae Adams, they're running what we call bracket coverage. It looks like a triangle. Okay, one at the top. He goes to the left or the right, and you got two on the side. So if he cuts left or right, you got him covered. He comes to the middle. You got it. So either way, he's going to be double or triple team. The only option you got is, is what cars do it. You got to throw to everybody. If you throw there, it's going to get picked. Got you. Great stuff, my man. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate you. And I'll say this real quick before we take a break. Uh, I, I understand the approach. I understand what it makes sense and how you're saying, well, the Super Bowl is in Vegas next year. And, you know, maybe they're trying to line up. 
That I mean, I know it's Vegas, but that is one hell of a gamble, <laughs> right? I mean, that is one hell of a gamble to saying, yeah, we're going to do the best we can this year, and then, boom, next year we're going to be ready for, for the Super Bowl in Vegas. That is one hell of a gamble. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. If it's me, I'm saying I want mine now. I'm like, what, what they say? Uh, I want my money and I want it now. Isn't that what that commercial used to say? It's my money. <laughs> And, and I, I want, want it now. now. There you exactly. Go. <laughs> you got it. That's what I'm talking about. And I know that's probably how Raider Nation is feeling as well. But we'd love to hear from you. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. Bring your text. Hit us up right now. 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, though, we're going to turn our attention to the Denver Broncos. We'll talk with Arnie Stapleton from the AP. He covers the Denver Broncos. We'll get our first look at them as they come into Allegiant Stadium for Week 4 action here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. The other thing that stands out, the ability to throw the ball deep with uh, Russell. I mean, I I knew him when he was a kid, so he was a ball boy for us at Richmond. His brother played for us at the University of Richmond, so... I mean, he had these big hands and he could throw the ball. He threw the ball better than our. Okay, I want to say that. Stacy, Stacy, tell get mad at me if I said that. Stacy, I didn't mean that. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Patrick Graham, right there, defensive coordinator for the Raiders, talking about Russell Wilson and his arm and the fact that he knew him going way back, back to Richmond. So. Uh, we'll get all things Denver Broncos, a pre- preview with Arnie Stapleton coming up in just a few minutes. He's a little backed up, so uh, we're going to join him in just a few minutes. That gives us enough time to hit a couple calls and hit a couple texts on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Javier in Colorado said, I live in Colorado, and local sports talk radio are all discussing that the Broncos' offensive attack will get back on track against the Raiders. Our third down defense will be tested. Again, that's Javier in Colorado. We'll talk to Arnie about that. Uh, also got a text from Zeke in Bakersfield. He said, Q, Seems like the weather in Vegas is off from when I was there on Saturday for Bad Bunny. Maybe the weather had a Red Bull and a Reezy's. Again, that's Zeke and Bakerfield. And I'll tell you right now, brother, I'll tell you this. Like, it was funny yesterday, but that Reezy's, that threw me off, man. I, will, I, might, I love that candy. I may never, ever eat that candy again. I mean, seriously, like, I'm that hell-bent on. I was, I, was in, I was in bad shape yesterday. I got home, and I told the wife, I said, that was a terrible show. We'll never, ever do that again. Damon, I ask you, as you're looking at the, at the windows, the Google Meet, what color shirt am I wearing today? He's got on the red polo. And I'm telling you, it was with a purpose, man. It was with a purpose. And today at the media uh, room, Cassie Soto brought in some, some baked goods that she made. Apparently now that she is a, a fiancé, she's trying to uh, build up her resume. I don't know. I asked her. I said, you trying to build your resume? You already got the ring. You don't have to do nothing now. But uh, she brought in some baked goods, and she was like, oh, guys, oh, everyone should try some. And I was like, nope, I'm not having any sweets, not any sweets whatsoever, because that messed up the whole show yesterday. I'm not ever doing that again. If I do that, that might be on a Saturday when I don't have no show to do. Uh, that, was, that was really bad. But, yeah, uh, shout-out to my man Zeke in Bakersfield uh, for bringing that up. Uh, and then one more text, and we'll get to the phone line. Sir Whiskey Ray said, happy Wednesday, gentlemen. Q. It was a pleasure to finally meet you on Sunday at the M Resort. What a beautiful venue. As I mentioned to you after the game, just disappointed with the outcome. I'm not going to bash this team as I still believe they'll get it going here. Following up on the past topic, my biggest disappointment so far is that this team hasn't played a full four quarters of football. If we play four solid quarters, the wins will start to pile up 
for us. Lock it up, Q. No more 0-3 talk. It's on to Denver now. Raider Nation, keep our heads up. We'll turn things around. Again, that's Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yes, it was great to meet you and everyone else who came out to the M Resort on Sunday. We're going to start doing a lot more of those moving forward. I'll tell you about that later on. But let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our good friend, Raider Mike. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Dude, middle of the biggest hurricane in my life. Been through, like, seven or eight. Are you kidding me with this? There is no tomorrow, Raiders. There is no tomorrow. You do it to the donkeys on Sunday. This has to get done. Are you kidding me? This talent level is ridiculous. I got to call the coaching out. That's all I got to say. I mean, come on, man. This is ridiculous. This is embarrassing. I don't do just your show, Q. I do four or five shows all over this country. I am embarrassed. I'm getting slinged crap at me constantly. I'm done. There is no tomorrow. The time is now. It's getting ridiculous. Do you really want to blow up this team? No. The talent's there. Time to show up, Chandler. Time to show up. Show show what you did, what, for 10 years on other teams. Otherwise, you're going to be like Warren Sapp. Tired of this crap. All right. Thank you so much, Raider Mike. Appreciate you. Hope you're staying safe out there, my man. And appreciate you doing my show, man. Appreciate you coming on the show and giving your feedback. That's awesome, man. It's a, uh, that's a hell of a fan right there. Uh, good job right there. And I don't think it's a blow-up situation. That's not what I was talking about really in the first segment. It was more of a, you know, hey, Let's see what we got, and then what we don't have, we're going to go address in the offseason. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't like that approach. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there as the, could that be the idea? Let's, let's talk to our friend Gangster Raider real quick. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, I'm not happy at all. I'm very disappointed in this whole regime. And I want to say shout-out to Heidi Fang for her um, commentary yesterday on the morning tailgate. She was saying that the offensive line problem should have been addressed in the preseason, I agree. Not only did we have three preseason games to get the offensive line together, we had an extra game. We had four games to get the offensive line together, and we don't play Coach Miller or none of the real starters in none of the four preseason games. And, and also, we bringing in a new regime, new offensive scheme. We don't play nobody. You know, so we don't play none of the starters in at least one or two of the preseason games, and we wouldn't be having these problems now. And Vinny was trying to um, argue with Heidi Fain, saying they did do that during the preseason. No, they didn't. We have four preseason games to address the problems with the offensive line and to get Derek Carr acclimated with the new offense, and we did nothing. We have four games, and that's why I think we went undefeated in the preseason because Derek Carr and um, Chandler Jones didn't play. That's the reason why we went undefeated in the preseason. And also, I'm just um, disappointed with the smiling and the laughing of the players, even the head coach, except for this last game. You see Mark Davis pulled him to that meeting, and he wasn't smiling and laughing. He like he wanted to cry a little bit after that meeting with um, Mark Davis. But normally after the losses, he all smiling and laughing like he won some popularity contest or some kind of beauty contest. Same with Chandler Jones. He all laughing and smiling, talking with that high-pitched voice. Put some bass in your voice and act like you a Raider. Play like you a Raider now. You know what I'm saying? What happened to the change of game plans? They say McDaniels was so good at changing game plans from one game to the next. I've seen the same game plan for all three games 
so far this season with no um, offensive play calling genius or acumen, none of that. And I also think Derek Carr is starting to lose the locker room, so starting with Darren Waller, because you see Darren Waller, he, he either overthrows him, he throws it behind him, and the one time he does throw it to where he can catch it, it's a defender coming right there ready to kill him. So he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't sell out for that pass because Derek Carr always giving him bad um, passes. So I'm thinking still starting with Darren Waller, and I think Derek Carr is starting to lose his locker room, starting with Darren Waller and also the um, coaches. All right, thank you, my man. I had to had to have to run real quick. Got to take a quick break. I got Arnie Stapleton from the pro football, a pro football writer for the AP, covering the Broncos. He's coming up next, so we had to push him back just a few minutes. But we got him next. We got more calls and texts. Got a lot of topics to get to on a short amount of time. Appreciate all the feedback. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She'll join us, talk some UNLV, talk Darren Waller Foundation, talk about the panel she was on at UNLV to talk to young ladies in sports media. Arnie Stapleton, I guess he's uh, really backed up. He said he was backed up a couple minutes. We were going to catch him, talk all things Denver Broncos, but haven't heard back from him yet. DeMond, do you have an update on him or not? He got breaking news, what? so I can't wait to hear what the breaking news is. Oh, he got breaking news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that happened. So that gives him a pass. All right, so we'll give him a pass. So we may get Arnie at some point in the show after his breaking news. I'll continue to follow him on Twitter to find out what that breaking news is. But I got breaking news as well. We got a lot of good callers, and we got a lot of good texters that are lined up waiting to get onto the show. So let's go ahead and do that. Jason in Maryland, great texter on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Q, I just want to throw this out there. Consider that the last three years we started fast and faded down the stretch. The Pats, while McDaniel was there, was always started slow and got better going forward. Couldn't the same be true in this case with McDaniel? Obviously we don't know, but that seems like a real thing that could be at play. That's not to say that we aren't trying to win, but there could be a method to the madness. Jason Maryland. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I say it on, t- on the show all the time. It's not about September and October. It's November and December. People get tired of hearing it. I know I get tired of saying it, right, because it just sounds so cliche-ish, but – it's true, and it's funny. We had John McClain on the show yesterday, and that's the exact same thing he said. It's not about uh, September and October. It's what you do in November and December. The really good teams, the playoff teams, the ones that are really making pushes at the end, they're, they are thriving. They're you know, really dominating in November and December and now in January. And the only problem with that is where I, I see that that could be a possibility, if you look at that Raiders schedule, man, that schedule is a dog down the stretch, right? And so – I felt like they really should take advantage and get some early wins under their belt now just to get the taste of winning, just to get a good position, especially in the AFC. I mean, really, because of the fact that the AFC West hasn't been as dominant as we thought it was going to be, everyone's still in it. I mean, literally, the Chargers, who was everyone's darlings, have won one game, and they've, they've got more people on the mash unit than they do you know, out there playing. Hell, Joey Bosa was put on IR today. He's going to have surgery on his groin. Expect- expectations are for him to come back this season. But no one knows when. That's massive. I mean, everyone knows how much that pass rush meant to them week one against the Raiders. They've got plenty of guys out, including their quarterback, that they probably rushed back too soon last week. I mean, there's so many questions there. Then Denver, we'll see what happens this Sunday, but they don't look all that great. And Kansas City, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, as we talked about all summer long, until they're proven not to be Kansas City, they're still Kansas City. So the Raiders are not out of it by any stretch of imagination. They just got to get things cooking, and oh, it'd be a good idea to get things cooking this week. Jared, right here in Vegas, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Q? Yeah, um, I'm chilling, man. You know, I, I, 
I, I want to pose a rhetorical question. So if, if this is really going to be a see what we got year and we'll add later, mm-hmm. is anybody willing to put up with Josh McDaniels and his losing? Bro, we're at, he's at 11 games. And when John Fox took over, uh, he got that team to win. In fact, he got him to the playoffs. He won a playoff game with Tim Tebow. So I, I really think you're endangering or he's endangering himself of losing everybody. I mean, the I don't know about you, but Allegiant Stadium looks more and more like a like a, a, a neutral venue with all these out of towners being able to buy up all these tickets that people bought for a quick a quick sell. So we're in danger of losing a whole lot. We we don't have games to throw, we don't have seasons to let go by. And I'm gonna add one more thing about the Broncos. Yeah, their offense don't look good. We keep messing around, talking about them like this, and Randy Gregory is going to end Derek Carr's season prematurely with this offensive line ever going to put a line together. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for those gems that you dropped right there. Appreciate it. And look, one, I mean, I don't know if you were at Allegiant Stadium for that game against the Cardinals. It didn't sound like no neutral site game to me. I mean, I could be wrong, but it didn't sound like no neutral site game to me. I get it. Folks are going to buy tickets. Folks are going to come in from out of town. I get it. But, man, the Raider Nation was was on fire the whole game. They were loud and proud. I mean, they were the only part of that game, really, that was worth celebrating was Raider Nation, how loud and proud they were. I mean, that stadium was incredibly loud. So I, I don't think that that's, uh, you know, the case. And also, I, I want to clarify again, I'm not saying that that's what the case is. I'm just throwing it out there because it's been talked about. And when I listened to what Jason Fitz had to say earlier from ESPN, it made me think, is there a possibility they could be doing that? Again, that doesn't mean that they're going to lose every game. It doesn't mean they're going to go over and get the number one pick overall. It means that maybe if that is the approach, not saying it is, if that is the approach, then they're seeing is, is, how good they could be right now. Maybe they end up like the, the Bengals and catch lightning in a bottle. And who knows, makes a, a deep run and then says, okay, that was a great run, but, man, that offensive line, you know, Everyone says, why didn't they address it? We could have addressed it in the preseason. That's what we, I keep hearing. Maybe they didn't have someone that they wanted to address the offensive line with. They went out and drafted two offensive linemen. They're both playing. So is there a guy out there that they wanted as a free agent that they didn't get? Maybe. But you see Daryl Williams, who everyone, including myself, said, oh, go sign him. Played with Buffalo last year. Guess what? He's still an unrestricted free agent. He's still out there available. People talk about the defensive line. Go sign Sue. He's, he's dominant. Guess what? He's still available. There's got to be reasons for that. They're not just available because they're waiting for Dave Ziegler to pick up the phone and call him. Well, I'm not going to play for any team but the Raiders. That's not the case. Let's talk to Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q and Demond. Thank you for taking my call. I was at that Cardinal game. Let me tell you, we were there. You could feel it in the stands. Uh, you know, I get what he's saying because I got frustrated last year too, but we do show up in force. It's not us that are in danger of losing. We, I feel like we are in danger of losing our culture in some ways, but not because of the lack of attendance. Now, getting to the meat of the call here, of course we're going to be here next season talking about, or you know, in the pre preseason next year, talking about the new pickups, the holes that need to be filled. We're the Raider Nation. We talk about the Raiders. In, in the time that there's nothing to talk about, we talk about what the future could look like, what the past was, 
we're die hard. This is our life. This is a lifestyle, like 211 says. I breathe, eat, and sleep silver and black. All my clothes are black. You know? So, of course, we're going to be sitting here talking about it. Whether we're going to be sitting here talking about it angrily or happily, it, it yet remains to be seen. That, that's Where not – hold on, hold on real quick, Fargo. That's not, that wasn't my, my point of the question. My point of the question was, is there a possibility that the Raiders go throughout the course of the year and then say, okay – Hey, these are the issues that we have. Let's go address it now. And that's our conversation. That's that's what I was asking. Oh, of course. Because that's football. I mean, even if we were to go and win the Super Bowl, why would we not want to improve? Okay. That's the continuous battle. But uh, you know, this I, I have a feeling this is kinda like we all got hyped when Groot came in. And Groot came in and the first year he looked around and he saw what he had to work with. He brought in they brought in the little couple pieces that they could. And then from there, they broke it down. I don't think we'll break it down, but of course, they're going to have to see what they got. and to see what the players are like once you're in there. You know, going back to um, the defensive coordinator, what did he say? I just want good players. Well, you need to get, you need to have time to get to know those good players and how they play. And, you know, the, the offseason is not going to do it when it comes to game reps. My concern now is going to be what you guys were talking about earlier was, um, you know, I said yesterday, or whenever I called, discipline. The lack of discipline was disappointing to me. But I feel like now maybe having had these conversations, and listen, Tavery, maybe it's just a lack of buy-in. You know, week one didn't go according to plan, neither did week two, and now the buy-in is not there or is slipping, and that's why we're not seeing or why we seem to see guys giving up on some plays or not having their head 100% in the game. I hope they, they write the ship. You know, and sorry, nation, but calm seas never good sailors make. It is what it is. We've been here before. We're used to it. I'm, I'm damn sure we're not going to go uh, four and twelve because we can't anymore. So, you know, just look up, nation. Have a good one. Thank you for taking my call, Fargo Raider, right there. Appreciate the call, my man. Uh, got a text or a tweet from Rod. He said, "Players only meeting week three in 2003, followed by week four disaster against Drew Brees San Diego game, where Callahan almost accosted by Jerry Rice at midfield." So uh, Rod's taking it back right there. Yeah, man. I you know, and that's something that I know Derek Carr, who's actually speaking with the media right now, I know he addressed that a little while ago as well. Uh, the player meeting and also what Dan Orlovsky had to say. So uh, yeah, it's again week when you have a, a player only meeting. This early in the season, you realize that that's the only time you can pull that card. So you better make it a good one. So I hope that meeting was great because, man, they got 14 more uh, games guaranteed. They got 15 more weeks. Uh, another text from uh, the 661Q. Zeke again. There's no way the locker room is being lost by Derek Carr after three games. He's the reason why Adams is here. He's the reason why Waller and Renfro signed extensions because they trust Carr as their leader. He's been the leader but solidified it completely last year with the circus show. There's a bit of a drop in the schedule coming up after the bye for a few weeks. Now is the time to play. Raider football. Again, that's from Zeke on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And I think it was Jared who mentioned, uh, was it him talking about Darren Waller and they weren't on the same page, Darren Waller? And, yeah, I look, the, the, one of the reasons why Darren Waller got paid is because what him and Carr have been able to do so far since Darren Waller has uh, been part of the team. The other part of maybe the disconnect is also Darren Waller not being there at practice throughout the course of training camp. That's also something to look at. That has nothing to do with Carr. That has to do with Darren Waller and his hamstring slash – clutch sports slash whatever the reason was it was never verified why he wasn't out there but that would be the reason why they don't have the same they're not on the same page with this offense it's not because of Derek Carr Derek Carr was out there every single day 
He didn't take a veteran day off. He didn't say, hey, Jarrett, you go ahead and take this. He didn't say, Stiddy, go ahead and you run practice today. I'm, he was there. He was there for OTAs. He was there for mandatory minicamp. He was there for training camp. He did everything except for playing the preseason games, and that wasn't a him decision. That was a coaching decision. 2.55 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll talk about Darren Wallace. She'll talk about his foundation, his event that he had on Monday night, raising over $600,000. We'll talk to her next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920.